before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. This is Stacey St. John, and as always, I am so delighted to be spending some time with you today. Now, before we delve into today's episode, I, of course, want to share a quote that I recently saw that resonated with me. And it says, the most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity. And those words come to us from Amelia Earhart. Now, in today's episode, I am chatting it up with CEO and co-founder of Hostfully, Margot Schmorak, and we chat it up about the intricacies of building a robust tech stack for your short-term rental business. Now, once again, I would encourage you to break out a pen and paper because Margot shares tons of great insights that we can all learn from. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Margot. So today we are joined by Margot Schmorak, one of the most kind women on the planet. And I'm so excited to have this conversation. Margot, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I feel the same about you. <laughs> it's really lovely to be here. Thank you. Oh, so for anyone who is not familiar with you, let's start by having you share a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so thanks. I'm my name is Margot. I'm a mom of three. I'm also the CEO and co-founder of Hostfully. Hostfully is a company that makes property management software solutions for short-term rental property managers. And we have two products, our property management platform, which is our primary product, and then our digital guidebook platform, which is a way you can make oodles of digital guidebooks for your properties to help guests understand how to use the property, local recommendations, all that kind of stuff. And we'll talk about all the details later, but I know you wanted to know like how I got here and it's actually a little bit unconventional. And I, I don't know if this is a story that people have heard very much. So um, I'll share it, which is that when I, I had a career in tech, I was head of marketing at a company called Service Source. And I had this moment where I was sitting around a conference table and I realized that everybody in the room was working at kind of like 60% of their best. And it had to do with a combination of an organization that didn't really honor them for like who they really were enable people to ask questions, share strategy with people. And it just like wasn't the best work environment. And I had this moment where I thought, what if like you could create a company where people felt really, really happy with the jobs that they were doing? I think you could get so much more value out of people. They would be happier. They might be willing to make less money too, because like 
the people that company I felt were overpaid. And, and so that is actually the impetus of Hostfully. I, I set out to create a culture and I wanted to focus on travel or education and actually was CEO of an education company for like 30 days, but then didn't, it wasn't right for me, the right opportunity. And then I met my co-founder, David, and we started Hostfully together. And I've just really been passionate about culture and team, uh, team performance from the get-go. So that's, that's why I'm here with Hostfully. Love that. And I feel like that could be a whole separate podcast episode in the future. But I love that you set your sights on something that you wanted and you just decided to create it. I feel like so often it's very easy for folks to feel as though life just happens to them. You know, throughout our day to day, oh, this is just the way it is. I don't have any control over this. And this is the way my job goes, or I'm stressed out all the time. And that's just the way it it's going to roll in my life. And I love that you recognized a need. You recognize, hey, I want something better, not only for me, but for other people. And you just went out and created it. So freaking amazing. Thank you. And also just to be able to do this as a mom too, is so important. And I feel like startups are crazy and like they, they mostly fail. Right. So the whole time I was like, it's okay. I'm prepared to die on this hill. And you know, if I need to go back and do what I was doing before, it's okay. But I, I was like, yeah, I was pretty committed to this one like singular idea around culture and performance and, and it's worked out. I mean, we just have really happy people at Hostfully and, and we've changed their lives. It's, it makes me emotional every day thinking about it. So I just feel so lucky to be here doing this. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. I'm curious too, for anyone again, who's not familiar in what year was Hostfully born? Well, it was technically 2016, but the platform, we started on the platform in 2018. So if I'm talking okay. to an investor and I want it to look like things happened overnight, I'd say 2018. But for everyone out there, you should know that it, it is 2016. <laughs> we we had to figure it out. You know, it took us a while mm -hmm. and things were slow. So yeah, it's been a while. Eight years. Amazing. And we're going to talk about tech stack today, but I'm just curious while we're on this topic of Hostfully, talk to us a little bit about what your life looks like today as a result of this company that you're, you know, so honored to lead. Well, I get to wake up every day and work with amazing people who have great ideas. I actually have to get up really early to get my kids dressed and take them, get them off. We have a no pair, thankfully. She drives them to school. But then, yeah, I see it to start my day. I, I meet with people like you. I meet with customers. I meet with investors. I meet with all of our amazing managers on the team. I'm, I'm really big on giving people the space and time to take their own initiatives. And so we have growth and innovation happening all over the company and, and that's really inspiring. So yeah, and get to talk to other, other founders, which is always really exciting. If there's any founders out there who want to chat with me, like my, my door is always open. I'm always happy to chat. I love that. Love that. Love that. So today, Margo, I want to talk with you about building a tech stack. And I know for so many folks who might be, you know, just getting started out in the short term rental space, they're wondering, why, what do you mean tech stack? Why do I need a tech stack? I just, I'm going to throw my property up on Airbnb. Shouldn't it be that easy? And so for anyone who's newer like that, can you help us understand the term of what tech stack really is 
and why it's important for someone to have in their business. Yeah. So I am with those people. Like when I started this company, I did not understand why a tech stack would be so important, but my co-founders really have taught me. So I'll, I'll start from where you are at. So when you first put up your property on Airbnb, you know, it's complicated even to do that, right? You need to have the photos and the, and the descriptions, and you need to plan for the person to be there and you need to get the ratings and reviews. And so that's already really hard. But then as you continue to run your business, you know, it will become operationally challenging you for you to be there to meet every guest when they arrive. Make sure that they have the information that they need to get into the property. Make sure that they don't break your laundry or that they don't break something else in your property, right? That's that's important to you. And then and then also make sure that you're getting the fair price for your property. So if you're just listed on an Airbnb, you probably looked at a couple properties that were nearby to figure out what the pricing should be, but if you looked at those properties again, you'll notice that those prices change and you need to change your pricing depending on the season or depending on any special events that are going on or even depending on whether it's the weekend or the weekdays. So there's basically like a whole set of different tasks and thinking that you need to do that are way outside of what Airbnb can do for you with a single listing. And that's where the tech stack comes in to support you. So a tech stack is like a you know, it's basically like a tool set for you to provide visibility into how your business is doing, help you make sure that you're keeping up with the market around you, help you make sure that you're providing the guest experience that you need to provide, and then hopefully helping your business scale too, so that you can, you know, maybe do it again and maybe do it more cheaply, right? Or or more easily. So that's what a tech stack does for you. It's, it's very simply just like, you know, multiplying you by a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love that idea of multiplying me by a thousand. I heck, I would take five hundred, but <laughs> exactly. So if someone is listening and thinking, okay, that that sounds great. How do I know what I need in my tech stack? Mm -hmm. What are some of the most important components from your perspective? So the most important thing is you need bookings to have a business. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so you need to make sure that you are getting the most bookings that you can get and also bookings from the right places. And also that you're not getting double bookings because that'll screw you up too. So that, that act of like making sure that your bookings are going well is the main value proposition of a property management software, which has the worst acronym PMS. Oh girl. Okay. I know. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> But that's what it's known as in the industry. So at Hostfully, we're really trying to change that. We have our PMP, which is not that much better. But we, we, we were like, I was like, I just cannot have a product that's called PMS. I'm sorry. So anyway, we have, but it's the same. Other companies call it PMS. So just start getting used to it. But you need to have your property management software. And that is the place where you're going to, it's going to be like the switchboard for your bookings engine. So once you're on a, P, a property management software, you can get bookings from different channels. So if you want to be on Airbnb, then, but you realize your occupancy is only 50%, then maybe you want to look at Verbo to see if you can fill in that occupancy with other bookings or booking.com or Google or Despegar or Agoda, or there's, there, there are a million of them. Okay. So property management software is the place that you can manage that all centrally. And that's what Hostfully does. And there are a number of other companies out there that do that as well. Um, but a property management software will 
help you with that unified calendar view. So instead of just seeing the bookings from Airbnb, you can see the bookings with from Airbnb and from Verbo and from booking.com, Google, all integrated together into one view. Also, property management software will help you get your own direct bookings, which is really cool too, because then you're not having to pay that extra fee to the bookings channels for the bookings. So that's, you know, that's, that's the core of your business and that's where you have to start. Also, if you are going to be listing on Verbo and booking.com, you're going to need a third party payment processor. So Airbnb has this built in, but when you work with Verbo and booking.com and Google, you need a third party or your own direct bookings website too. You need a third party payment processor like Stripe or vacation rent payment or PayPal. And so you need to have a way to call that all, all that up together. And that that's really like the main thing that a property management software will do for you. You can't really do it without it. You can try. You you can try. Yeah, you can funny things with calendars where you're like hooking them up together with iCals, but there's latency, which means that there are delays. Yeah. And so it's just not reliable. I even if you want to be cheap and scrappy, it's just not the way to do it. Yeah. So you've yeah. got your your property management software or platform at the <laughs> foundational level, shall we say, which is the most important part of your business. Mm -hmm. On top of that, what do you feel like are important aspects of a tech stack that folks should consider? Yeah, the next one is really going to be your pricing management. So you want to make sure that you're pricing the right way for your market. And every market is different. So Postfully has some basic pricing tools. Like if you wanted to like increase your pricing by 20% on the weekend and just like have it set that way you can. But to be honest with you, that's not really enough in our industry these days. You should be using a third party pricing, dynamic pricing provider. And the three that are the big ones that Hostfully also works with are Beyond Pricing, Price Labs, and Wheelhouse. They are all wonderful, great leadership teams, great companies, and they can offer you a tremendous amount of value when it comes to pricing your property. I mean, people see, you know, overnight increases in their uh, take home by, you know, 10, 15%. So it's just really a no brainer to be using one of those. So that's the next thing. So, so now visualize that you've got like one calendar, you've got all these cool colors in the calendar that show you where all the different, you know, reservations are coming from. You can, you can also go far out to the future. You can look at like problematic bookings. What if like you, you or the owner wants to stay in the property and you actually need to change things, right? Like you, you have this like nice view over time. You have this nice view. That's a consolidated view of all the different bookings, but you also can see pricing layered in there too. And so pricing will feed back from the dynamic pricing company into that centralized calendar view. And you'll be able to see the price over time and how it changes. And if you have multiple properties, you can compare them and and do all that cool stuff too. There's within that dynamic pricing category, there's, there's like the actual price of your property, but then there's also a lot of really cool benchmark data that you can look at to understand trends or like, you know, let's say you change like the positioning of your listing, you change it from like a budget to luxury. Like what does that look like in your market? So there's a bunch of cool things you can do to just make sure that you're like doing it, doing, doing right by your, your business. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, data is such a hugely important part of, I believe driving a business and continually improving our business. So at least from my perspective, having our finger on the pulse of what is happening today is really important when it comes to data. And on top of that, then being able to, based on the data, be able to anticipate future 
uh, projections is also tremendously important. How much does data or data analysis tools, how much does that weigh into the overall tech stack, just from your perspective? So, okay, so there's the foundation, which is the the PMP, and then there's the the things that you have to do, dynamic pricing, third-party payment provider. And then I would also put some of the operational stuff in there too. Like you need to be able to message your guests and tell them what's going on and, you know, communicate mm-hmm. with them. And mm-hmm. also like automate those messages and also give them some way of like self-serving themselves with answering their questions when you get there. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the primary le- layer. I think that the data analysis around like market and like, long-term strategies is a little bit in the secondary or tertiary layer. Like I wouldn't prioritize that at that first layer. The first layer is just like basic things that you need to do in order for your business to run. So I, I wouldn't put it there, but, but once you get those in place, then, you know, then you should be looking at that next. No, I love that. So on top of the, obviously the, the pricing, the dynamic pricing, the pricing tools, guest messaging, I love the fact that you talked about being able to have guests find out important information. So that would be, correct me if I'm wrong, like a guidebook, some yep. sort of information resource for your guests, correct? Yes, exactly. That's right. And it's beyond just the messages because you can send them one really, really long message. This is what a lot of people do on Airbnb. They have like a really long message. But how, you know, is that searchable? Are they going to actually read it? Like when, when, you know, something goes wrong, are they actually going to go back and find that message? Did they know that you addressed that question? Not really. Right. So you really need like a self-service platform for them to be able to like get information on their own. Mm -hmm. And then I think I would also put turnover management into that operational category too. And there's a bunch of really wonderful companies out there too, that are doing turnover management software, like Breezeway Mm -hmm. and Turno they will help you just make sure the place gets cleaned and then also make sure that it gets cleaned at the right quality and also make sure that, you know, the right amenities are there for the next guest. So that like, I think that the, like, those are the basic things that I would like, I would look if, you know, if I had, if I had like my sister here today with me, I'd be like, all right, you're starting, like you need a PMS, you need dynamic pricing, you need third party payment processor and you need turnover management. And then also put the effort into your guest communications and, and digital guidebook. Mm -hmm. And that that's, that's where I would tell people to start. And then there's like a lot more, but we can let's save that. You you tell me when we should talk about I, that. I want to talk about the a lot more right now. So we've got that as a, a basic level, shall we say. Yeah. You mentioned secondary and tertiary. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that secondary level. What yes. things are important to include in our tech stack at that point? Yeah. So this at the next level, I would definitely put data in there. I would put enhancement of your direct bookings website, that takes a lot of effort. Uh, I'm sure you have that for your business, right? But like (laughs) putting together a, like a nice website that like markets your properties in the way that you want. And then it's, it's like work that's worthy work though, because it's Mm -hmm. time and energy finding your brand voice and like, you know, what's the style that you're, you're marketing with. And that those will have like long, and and frequent paybacks to them but like doing that work is a lot of energy up front i don't think you need to do a ton of like paid advertising or anything like that around your direct bookings website but just having it up making sure that it's in places where people can find it that you're 
you know, it's in your flow when you communicate with guests after they've stayed with you, that kind of stuff. I would put that in, in secondary. So, so we're looking at data, direct booking website. And then I would also put in um, insurance and like protection of your property and the maybe the option for guests and also like signing that extra contract. So like, I don't know if you if you have this implemented, Stacey, but a lot of our customers have like an extra agreement that they that they layer on top of whatever the standard agreement is with the bookings platform. And I, I re- would really recommend that because there's not a single property manager that I've met who hasn't had a bad experience once. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah. for me, that agreement with our guests is so critically important. And in our workflow, you know, until that agreement is signed, regardless of whether or not it's check-in time, they're not getting the code to the front door until exactly. that agreement is signed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Margo, I love that you brought up insurance and protection as an important layer of tech stack. And candidly, I don't think a lot of people would really think about that unless you're calling that out. Talk to us about why you feel like the the insurance and protection layer is important to have in your tech stack and what should folks be considering? Well, just like one bad review can put your company out of business, like a bad experience with a guest can do that too. And so you want to have insurance, which will give you a financial cushion. It will give you some time cushion. And you also want to have like as many preventative efforts that you can in place to stop it from happening. So if you put that extra agreement, like you have in your properties, it says like, Hey, if you damage this place, you're going to pay us $10,000. That might be the difference between some 23-year-old person who is going to have a party at your place, like sailing on in and doing it and then being like, oh, crap, like I might have to pay this person $10,000 if I wreck this property. Maybe I shouldn't do that, right? And so I, I wrap in this category, not just insurance, but those extra contracts, also like noise monitoring in, in the property, anything that you can do to just get ahead of some of those kind of bad potential outcomes would be good. And if your property gets damaged, you cannot take the next guest, you know, after them. And if, or if there's a small thing that happens and the guest after, after them, you know, notices it and you get a bad rating from that, like these things can submarine your business for a while. Yeah. And you also can get complaints from neighbors. You can get in bad, bad, bad shape with the city. Like, so just like getting ahead of that stuff is really, really important. And I, I, I think that the proactivity is like where you can win. If you're just going to be reactive, like you're going to lose out. So totally agree. Totally agree. So, so many important aspects of tech stack. You know, I always share with folks in my programs that I feel like when you're choosing technology, it's important knowing that there are multiple providers out there for many of the categories that we just talked through, that it's important first to write down what's important to you mm-hmm. and then go and request demos from different technology providers and see which ones resonate with your you know, ideal list. Is that the way that you approach or would approach building a tech stack? Or do you have any thoughts or feedback on that? Well, I have a secret, which is like, I'm really introverted. So I <laughs> am the person who like 
pretend like I can do it all myself without the demos, but I'm just telling you from the company side, don't do that. It's stupid. But like, I am like that. So like, if there's any introverts out there who are like, oh, I can figure it out on my own. And like, I don't need demos. Like I can just watch videos online. <laughs> like I, I feel you, but uh, uh, no, I mean, talk to the people. And the reason why you want to talk to people when you do this is because you'll get a good sense of how it will be to work with that company and like what their technology philosophy is. And there, there are a number of different property management software companies out there that sell things that sound very similar and they are very similar. And so one of the things that you should be looking for is what is the customer experience like and how much, like how much are they expecting you to know about technology versus not? And like, do they want to do like an, like, do, are they going to do it all themselves? Like there are some companies that will say, oh, well, don't worry about getting a third-party dynamic pricing company because we'll do it for you. Or like, you know, we'll do turnover management. At Hostfully, our philosophy is that you are in the driver's seat and you get to choose the options that you want, but that's different from some of the other companies out there. Some of the other companies out there will say, we are going to be making all the choices for you so you don't have to spend the time looking around. And I think there are benefits to both. There's not one right answer here. But I think it's important for, for you and your listeners to know that choosing the property management software is really important and you should take the time to make the right choice for you because it's really hard to switch. It's possible, but it's a pain in the butt. And just make sure that you're doing your homework about who to choose. And and I really hope that you all give our team a chance to tell you. And and by the way, our sales team like will, I think we might be the only sales team to do this. If somebody comes to us and we feel like they're not a good fit, we'll actually say, you know what, you should go look at our competitor AABC because that's going to be a better match for you. So we really don't want to push people into buying what is not right for them. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think too, you know, so many folks again are wondering, gosh, do I even really need a property management software or property management platform? And I believe that, yes, if you want to grow your business, if you want to operate your short-term rental business in the most efficient manner possible, you absolutely need a software like that. I think another thing that folks can potentially be afraid of is setting everything up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about you know, integration challenges or setup challenges? And what are some ways that folks as they're setting up their tech stack and potentially having multiple pieces of software that supposedly talk to each other, actually talk to each other? What Mm -hmm. are some ways to get through those hiccups or kinks? Yeah. So this is a really loaded question because it's not just like you're, it's not like you're just setting it up, right? You're actually building the operations of your business into software that you've never experienced before. It's very difficult. Um, So you are going to want to work with a software company that will be able to support you with a lot of those decisions. And I always recommend that people lean on their community when they're going through this kind of process. So you know, both your own network community of property managers that can help you figure out how to do this, listening to your podcast. You know, at Hostfully, we have like a Facebook users group where people can just post questions all the time. We also have like group calls where people are actually like helping each other out on the calls in addition to having somebody from Hostfully there to guide them. So like I'm a community person. Like I think that adding community to things is just always better. 
So I would do that also, you know, coming in with, with some ideas of the way you'd like to do things, but then being open-minded about alternative ways to accomplish the same goal is important. Uh, and, and then like, if you have challenges with like stuff on the tech side, be honest and open about it because like our team can only be as good as at, at helping you with your challenges as you are being honest with us about what they actually are. And I actually just had an interview with a candidate earlier today and she said, you know, everyone's learning styles are so different. So like, I realized that I had to, this is a candidate actually for our onboarding team. And she said, you know, I realized I had to switch gears and like explain this to this person in a different way because like they just were more visual or something like that. And, and, and I think like, if you can identify how you learn and also how your team members learn. So if you have a team, like understanding the differences between you and your team members and how they're going to learn and understand the way the system works and set it up. Like it's just good practice all around. I know that sounds like a ton of work, but like it will pay it. It will, it will save you so many headaches in the long run. If you can figure that some of that stuff out. I totally agree. And I think, you know, as you are setting things up, documenting your own process for the way you're utilizing technology from the start yes. will help your TA team, whether it's a set of VAs or whether it's a co-host or your cleaning teams, whatever the case might be, you know, not only setting up your technology from a systems perspective, but documenting That's a real your processes and procedures as you're setting it up is saves you so much headache in the long run, I, if, at if, least from my opinion. I mean, that that is such good advice, Stacey. And if, if customers came to us with like a documented set of things that they were trying to accomplish, we would be so much better at moving through it with them. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, that would be a dream. And yeah, docu documenting is not just about documenting. It really is about bringing more clarity of thought to the process. And I think there's so much mm -hmm. value in that, especially if you want to be a leader and you want to scale your organization, like you need to be able to do that. So Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One other question that I'm curious to get your perspective on when folks are, you know, looking at building a tech stack is security and, and cybersecurity. I mean, you think about all of these huge companies have cybersecurity teams these days mm -hmm. as individual property managers or short-term rental hosts. Sometimes it's easy to think about, I don't really need that. I'm not a target. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, are short-term rental owners and hosts, number one, a target? And number two, how should we be thinking about cybersecurity and protecting ourselves from that aspect? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up because the reality is we are all targets all the time. I'm sure everybody knows somebody who's been had their credit card stolen or maybe identity theft. I mean, you hear these horror stories and you just don't want to be caught in that terrible situation, right? So what we have seen is that there are there are bad actors out there that are doing like pretty bad things and they usually target bigger companies. So uh, the bookings platforms are, you know, the main target of those but with just some really basic, simple things that like, like having, like getting a password manager, like one password or last pass, using different passwords for each of your different platforms, not sharing usernames and password credentials with different members of your team, like having individual logins, it will go so far in like stopping things from happening. And when you like, 
it's, it's kind of like the insurance thing. Like I'm not a sky is falling kind of person, but like, I just would hate for somebody out there to get caught because they accidentally use the same username and password for different systems, for example, you know, like that's something that, I mean, I've been guilty of in the past, but I've really gotten better at in the last couple of years. We have a, a head of security at Hostfully who's always knocking on my door and like, Hey, have you done this? Have you done that? And so I'm following his advice, but you know, it, even just for a small business, like you are managing really sensitive data because you're going to be hooking up systems that have customers, credit card numbers, email addresses, sometimes date of birth, you know, the, the contact, all their contact information, you're going to know their yeah. location and whereabouts as well. Like, because you actually are managing their booking. So there actually is quite a bit of sensitive information that you will be facilitating maybe not directly but maybe through the software tools that you're using so having good uh security and cybersecurity like management throughout that is really important yeah yeah and again i think to your point just highlighting the fact that we can do very basic things such as not repeating usernames and passwords that is a really good start yes to protecting yourself yeah and strong passwords realm. too you know things like that too yeah. Yeah. Two-factor authentication, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. And I'm their cybersecurity expert in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, just thinking about the the things that I try to institute in my business, those all make a difference. Well, so all of the, like, really good engineers that I know are, like, totally crazy about all this stuff. Like, they're, they don't have their email posted anywhere. A lot of them don't have, like, their photo, you know. And, and I – and, like, clearly they know stuff <laughs> – because <laughs> that's what they do all day long. So I think, well, I should probably listen to them. They, they probably know what they're doing. So anyway. Okay. So this is such great information. I want to move to the lightning round. We'll lighten it up a little bit. Okay. Moving from cybersecurity to, I want to ask you a set of questions. And I'm just going to ask that you answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. First question in the lightning round is, where is your favorite place to vacation? Oh, man. I will say like Hawaii is up there. I love the ocean. But also we have a house in Sonoma that we're at every weekend. And it is really one of my favorite places. So, you know, I've never been, but you should. Come. I could be convinced to go to wine country. You, you can come and stay at my house. <laughs> Girl, I might have to take you up on that. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's amazing. And so do you have a favorite island that you like to visit in Hawaii? I I do love Maui and it's been really sad mm -hmm. to watch that. But no, I actually yeah. just really, I love just being in the ocean. Like I like free diving and I really love like marine life. I, I want to be a marine biologist when I was a little girl. So it, it, yeah. Me too. Really? I, yes, I totally did. I watched this. I don't even remember the name of the series. But when I was a little girl, there was, there was this series that Miss America went to go study uh, marine biology. And she did all of these dives in cages with sharks. Mm -hmm. And I totally wanted... I don't know, maybe I want to be Miss America first. <laughs> but secondly, I wanted to be a marine biologist but I, it just always intrigued me the thought that there's a whole world it's, under the water. I, I was, I, I actually just bought a book on Amazon that says there are these type of fish. And I don't know, remember, I think it's like B-R-A-C-H. I don't remember the name of the fish, but for every human living on earth, there are a hundred thousand of these fish. 
Like the amount of marine life that there is just at the bottom of the ocean, we have no idea what it even looks like. And I just, I think it's so amazing. So yes. Who knew? Yes. Okay. So next question, what is one place you've never been that you want to visit? I really want to go to Vietnam. I want to go to Da Nang, which is like, I think that's what it's called. It's in the middle of the country. And I did a lot of research because we thought we might plan a host fleet offsite there, but then we just like couldn't pull together. I want to go to Oaxaca uh, in Mexico and try mole and hike in those like foggy mountains. Uh, yeah, so many places. I want to go to South Africa. Yeah, anyway. I love it. So lots of places that we need to get on your agenda. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty quickly. No. <laughs> okay, what one thing that you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out hostfully or starting out in the world of short-term rentals? I think that I and people have so much more agency than we realize sometimes. Like, I think it's where you started, you know, uh, the interview with saying like, sometimes like just believing that you can make this world better is enough. And I, I feel like that's something I've seen with property managers who are so successful where they just see, they just, they're like, I just see something better here and I'm going to make it happen. So, yeah, I, I think there's just a lot more, especially with women. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So cool. All right. Next question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm. Oh, uh, same thing. My, when I was 26, probably 25, 26, you know, when you're like having a crisis when you're 26, every, every woman I know has ever had always has a crisis when they're 26. It's just like this terrible age when you're like really out of college and you're like about to try to get started on life and you don't really know what's going on and you might be single and date whatever. And, it, and your job hasn't really like, eh, you know, it's just everything. <laughs> anyway, I was like freaking out about something. And my roommate sat me down on this old blue couch that we had in this tiny rental we had in Boulder, Colorado. And she was like, nobody is living your life except you. And you will know the best answer for yourself. So don't think about what other people think you should be doing. You make your decision and it will be the best for you because nobody has the full context of your life. And I was like, okay. Amen. <laughs> that is great advice. She's great advice. She's an astrobiologist, by the way. She studies life on other planets. So cool. Her name is Davna Gleason. Wow. So cool. So that is wild in and of itself to think that there that is someone's job to study life on other people's planets. On other, I just said on other people's planets, on other planets. Isn't that crazy? Sometimes I feel like I'm living on another planet. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, it's so cool. She's she has she's has like one of the coolest jobs I've ever <laughs> heard of. Yeah. That is so fun. Okay, last question. What's one thing? and or person that you're grateful for today? Oh, my husband. He's great. He's, he is a busy guy and he's a little bit curt and gruff, but he's just like, <laughs> he does the do of being a good partner. You know what I mean? Like he just steps yeah. up and does whatever needs to get done. And I, I, I'm just like incredibly grateful for him. I would not be where I am today without him. I love that. I love that. Big shout out to Margot's hubby. His, Ari is his name. Yeah. 
I love it. Okay. So Margot, just curious if anyone is listening and wants to find out more about Hostfully or maybe the, you know, the tech services that you offer, where is the best place for them to find you online? You know, just come to hostfully.com and one of our people on the website will, will chat you and they are live people. So don't worry that maybe you'll get like an automated message for the first one, but like they're, they're on it. Also just come talk to us. We're going to be at like VRMA. We're going to be at a bunch of other conferences coming up. I'm going to be at the women's summit. I'll be at Darm. Yeah, just you can people can email me to margo at hostfully.com. Like we're really easy to get in touch with. So just like reach out, especially for your introverts out there, like talk to people, go to the conferences. I'm like the worst. Like I'm always like, oh, do I really have to go? I'm so comfortable at home and I like to just do things on my computer. But no, like get out, talk to people. You can learn a lot and you'll probably be happier. <laughs> I totally agree. And, you know, even I would consider myself a, an extrovert, even at conferences or, you know, in large settings, I feel energized by other people. And at the same time, I really enjoy my alone time yeah. too. It, it feels good to go back and recharge and, and rest mm -hmm. too. So exactly, I, I'm channeling my inner introvert, shall I say. Yeah. Sometimes. It's, I mean, it's really nice. You probably can flex between the two phases really well, which is good. And that's really healthy. It's just that I find that sometimes like, I don't know, I think that like I get worried about comparing or like comp competition or, you know, like, am I going to say the right thing? Like I just have like these kind of like, questions. And whenever I go and do the in-person stuff, I always come back and I think, what was I thinking? That was so stupid. You know, just, that was so silly. Let's just get over it. So yeah, I think, I think people like building community around you can be so helpful, whether it's virtual, like a Facebook group or a Slack group or, you know, or podcasts or, or going to things in person, like building more community around you is always going to help. And there's amazing people out there in this industry to help you. So you can listen to me, but there's also just like so many other amazing people, especially women in this industry to listen to as well. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Margo, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Now, before we wrap up, I want to give a quick shout out to some of the amazing ladies inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investor Facebook group, the number one Facebook group for women in the short-term rental space. Now, just about a week ago, as of the time of this recording, Rebecca Ann posted in the group and she said, the guest booked for one person and there are 11 vehicles in the driveway this morning called Verbo and they said I can cancel with no penalty to metrics. Anyone ever do this? Did the guests leave willingly? Need advice as this is a first for us. And 87 women shared their suggestions and feedback. One that I wanted to just highlight was from Rachel Brindle. And she says, have you spoken to the guest? What time did the other cars arrive? Did they stay overnight? Does it seem like a party? I ask because we've had situations where they're in town for a wedding and a family has congregated. Pretty harmless. Everyone just sitting around socializing. Unsure of the scenario here, but maybe there's an explanation based on location. So great advice to reach out to the guest, understand the situation so that you can determine the best next steps and recourse. All right, my friends, 
that is all for today's episode. I hope you have an amazing day and an amazing week, and I will see you very, very soon. Have a good one. Hey, sister. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing, the STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started, this free one-on-one is something you won't want to miss. You'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session right now by visiting stacystjohn.com backslash success.